let's go. Let's hope no All computer right. crashes. No. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. Another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Oh, my God. They're back again. No. This is horrible. Oh, um, Tony, I learned something this week that was truly disturbing. Actually, it was just today I learned this. Uh, I'm I'm 15 days older, 13 days older than Stephen Miller, the bald man Nazi, the bald Nazi man who did a lot of bad shit. He's younger than me. That's very disturbing to me. Did you think he was much older? I know he looks like skeletal or just a, a human skeleton, actually, just with skin draped over it with no muscle definition. But I mean, he looks 20 years older than me. I mean, he, <laughs> come on, at least 15 years older than me. I mean, he looks like a man in his 50s who's been like, you know, doing this Nazi shit for a long time. But it turns out he's just some dumbass idiot. I wonder if there's any photos of him at like age 15 or age 21 um, and what he was like. Because I imagine he wouldn't have looked that much different to what he is now. I, I agree that his looks are off-putting. I knew that he was a lot younger than what people um, sort of gave him credit for because there was stuff um, when he first rose to prominence and people were talking about his high school speeches and they were less than sort of 10 years yeah. old at that point. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. that was disturbing to me that somebody that was like still saying like horrible shit at high school could then hold a, a position of relative power within a a government the size of the yes. US federal government. I mean, he's a total lunatic. Um, oh, fuck yeah. You shouldn't believe. I was mostly mad that, and and frankly, I'm just mad that I've accomplished so little now uh, because I could have been, I could have been in the White House like Stevie Miller. I mean, you could have on. done a bunch of evil shit because he was one of the main people in Trump's year sort of um, giving him terrible racist advice. Not that Trump needed advice in, in that regard, but he sure, no, he, yeah. he not only enabled Trump like many, like most in that, that White House, but he, he actually furthered the white nationalist agenda. Oh, sure. No, no, he's, he's a big part of it. Now, do you think he was one of the guys in the bathroom shoving like encyclopedias into the toilet? Was that was he one of those guys? So it was like flush. Was that just like a Manafort thing, or was that like a Stephen Miller thing too? To See, now you're talking about there. two very different people within the administration. But I think <laughs> Stephen Miller didn't have access to the high level information that to the toilet. Oh. To the toilet and the information that went into the toilet. Now, you don't think so? What do you the, think went into the toilet? See, I, I, I was just actually thinking that, and maybe it wasn't even that high-level stuff. Maybe it was just stuff about his Diet Coke habit or his <coughs> chicken-eating habit or his McDonald's-eating habit, and he sure. just didn't want That's, it to I mean, we all knew bad. that already, but, yeah. yeah. Right. Or maybe it was, like, his actual worth. Oh, okay, so you was- think you think Trump knew something about what went, what went in the toilet? Oh, absolutely. Trump, 
Okay. Trump was a big part of it, and it was only about personal embarrassment. It wasn't about <laughs> national secrets, and mm. that's what people don't often understand. People think these were big secrets. Yeah, maybe, but a lot of them are, are just going to be like personal embarrassments to Trump and because that's mm. how thin-skinned he is as an individual. So, See, I, I disagree. I think he didn't know what was going on with the toilet. Um, I, my theory is that he, they were flushing something. I won't, I don't want to say it's of national importance. Uh, it was probably, you know, some of this like Manafort Ukraine shit or something or whatever, some, some bad shit somebody did and they start flushing the shit down the toilet, right? The, the papers. And, uh, he's walking past Trump's walking past the bathroom and he's like, God damn, what are these environmentalists <laughs> doing to us? We can't even flush the toilet. I mean, we got my guy in there flushing the toilet five, six times. And that's how the speech came about in my mind is he came, he came back with the, with the toilet speech right after he heard like his boys trying to flush his, the, uh, the bad papers down the toilet. Now this probably isn't an original thought, but I've just had a thought and it's quite simply this. Maybe the documents were used to cover up. Trump's using of the toilet in the first place. So we all know how appalling Trump's diet is. And he's laid yeah. himself a ginormous cable in the toilet and then it hasn't <coughs> flushed. And you can't have a plumber come in with low security clearance and, and like, try and, and clear fix out... The, fix, the net, fix the president's turds. Yeah. So first you fill it with paper. That does no good. Mm. Then you go That's to national out. security secrets. Uh, then you start shoving the paper in. It looks yeah. more nefarious, but it's all about Trump's. So you're PM. saying you're saying you're saying they were having like a uh, like a Dumb and Dumber moment, <laughs> just tossing shit into the exploding toilet in that White House. Of course, it's a wonder yeah. that they knew how the um, the button on the toilet actually worked. They probably tried the, to pull the, it the, up. the the lever. Um, uh, Tony, speaking of shit, I, uh, I, this made me think of it because I, um, uh, I got a very funny, uh, text from our friend and listener, and maybe this is what they were saying when, when Trump was, uh, when Trump was in there, but, uh, uh, I got a, I got a funny, a funny note here. I just want to pull it up. Uh, yeah, here we go. So he, he texted, he texted me at, at 10 55 this morning and said, dude just came into the bathroom stall next to me, ready to rock. <laughs> and he said, breathing unbelievably, this was, this could have been Trump. Maybe this was <laughs> breathing unbelievably heavy, rips his pants off, grunting, horrific, devastating poop noises, massive farts. No, you this know really who that was? Pretty funny. <laughs> that was Steve Bannon. Who was it? Oh, okay. Devast- <laughs> the phrase devastating poop noises might stick with me for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's just a favorite of mine. Like, not explosive, like devastating. Like, Yeah, no, I'm thinking it looks like, you know. The Ukraine. Uh, the, it feels like the, ni- the 19 hijackers got inside this feller's ass, I think, and we're messing shit up. That's my, that'd be my guess. So, Was it 19? I think it was 19, right? I went to high school with the damn guys. I should know. Just kidding. I didn't go to high school. <laughs> what what <laughs> hijackers are we talking about? Nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck if I know. I didn't count them. Do we really know yeah. how many there were? We only know the ones that <laughs> succeeded or failed. 
Well, publicly failed. <laughs> I guess we, yeah, I guess we don't. Well, I, I think they succeeded, to be fair. Um, now, when I saw <laughs> Stephen Miller's name in the, the document, sure. I, I thought I'd better Google Stephen Miller's name to see what he's in the news for um, mm. this time. Um, and oh, that, yeah, that's right. He did do something crazy. That's why I thought of him. And that that's probably the same thing we're going to talk about. He's yeah. on his parents' phone plan still at the age of 36 or whatever the fuck age he is. Yeah. 36. Right. Well, there's that. And didn't he like also just get arrested for or, or indicted or something for driving on a revoked license again? Yeah, but he's a Republican. Do they believe in licenses? They don't believe in mask mandates. I can well, see sure, him whatever. going full libertarian, so... I'm, I, I'm not saying that uh, he agrees or disagrees with it, but it is, I mean, usually usually they're not getting indicted for driving on revoked licenses twice. I mean, now, now maybe he's just a bad driver, so maybe he's just getting getting stuck with this more often. But Yeah, yeah he's, on his, he's on mommy and daddy's cell phone plan. I, I just want to brag and say I'm on my own cell phone plan, gang. Me too. Pat myself on the back. <laughs> oh, you, Tony up. lives at his goddamn parents' house, and he has his own cell phone plan. Yeah, we're we're grown ups. I got a car payment and everything, dude. And I'm driving on a real license, supposedly, as long as the state of Nevada apparently is uh, giving you real ones. Well, do we know if they are or not? Who knows? I actually don't know. I did just buy it off some guy on the street, so we'll see. That sounds legit, then. Yeah, I think it's good. They took my picture. I just gave him a picture of me winning a slot tournament at the fish taco restaurant, so it should be fine. Um, yeah, so we had some shit. There is some shit talk today, guys. Just getting you warmed up with some shit talk. We love it. Um, Tony, I uh, I also noticed yesterday was was International Women's Day. Of course, we love all of our, our ladies out there that listen to us. There's got to be one, one or Maybe two. One. Yeah, um, so happy two. International Women's Day. But dude, I and I don't want to demean. I don't want to not demean to to to. I guess um, diminish. Uh, diminish the status of such an uh, of our uh, all the important women here in uh, through uh, that that essentially make the world go round. But every brand, I, I think yesterday might have been the most branded holiday we've ever had. I I could not believe every brand did a Women's Day post. It was crazy. I, I've never seen anything like it. I was like, holy shit! People cannot stop posting about this. It was bigger than any. Uh, fucking holiday. I mean, it, the only thing that ever comes close is when it's like International Fucking Pizza Day or something. Like, yep. this th- this was just going ham on this. <laughs> it was everybody. I'm, I didn't look at like fucking Raytheon or anything, but I would guess they were in on it too. That Raytheon and Lockheed Martin were like, I'm sure they were you know, giving up you know, free knife <laughs> missiles that are painted pink for a change. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. I couldn't. It was at the same over there too were like all the Australians posting Women's Day stuff or is it just here I don't know I wasn't keeping tabs on it but I just wonder if it's one of the few holidays that's still up for grabs like we haven't decided on what it is we know what Christmas is we know what Easter is as far as commercial rights I'm talking about okay so someone can still have it yeah yeah we know what the fuck Valentine's Day is we know what Arbor Day is you go out and buy your neighbour a tree um, yeah, I always Father's buy my Day is power tree. tools. Mother's Day is power tools, but wrapping Mother's Day is yeah, different wrapping. Mother's Day is sort of sit in your sit at your couch by yourself, and a tear rolls down your face. 
Yeah. You know, that's but how it is. Everybody knows commercially what to get for these holidays of, of gift giving or even donation things or even like International Pizza Day. You know what you're going to eat if you're going to pay tribute yeah. to the great holiday that is National Pizza Day or International, or international Pizza, pizza, pizza Day. Whichever one it is, yeah. yeah. Do we have a National Women's Day too? Are we going to post about that? That's a good question. Question. What's that? I mean, we had International Women's Day. We had International Women's Day. Are we going to have National Women's Day, or no. is that just like no? We're just going international on this shit. We're going worldwide, Miss 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 Worldwide. This guy's coming <laughs> at it strong. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you really think the Republican Party is going to support the National Women's Day? Come on. I don't think they did a great job with any of that. I don't think they're doing it. Although I did, I did, I was driving home. What was I driving home from Trader Joe's yesterday? And Lord help me. I had terrestrial radio on because I didn't feel like putting anything on there because I was only driving like four minutes. And, um, some lady was like, we, uh, you know, the biggest thing I, I think we need is we need more women in, in, um, in, uh, uh, you know, political, you know, positions and stuff. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I don't, I, I also, I think it was in reference to body, body autonomy. And I was just like, dude, do you know that Lauren Boebert and fucking M- <laughs> MGT are in there like 100% behind all this bad shit? Like we, uh, we got to get them out of here. They're awful. They are awful. I was going to say human beings, but awful representatives. I don't want to yeah. stigmatize them with a sex or I don't want to. Yeah, actually, they're just awful people. Yeah, I don't There's actually to want do. to say that it really people. doesn't have anything to do with women. But no, yeah, they're just shitty. Yep. They're, Anyways, they're, they're up there. We with don't Stephen have to. Miller. Even on, uh, you know, listen. We uh, of of course we uh, support all the, all of the uh, women uh, of the world. But you don't have to. You also you don't have to wish International Women's Day a happy International Women's Day to Lauren Boebert. We don't have to. I don't support I don't all to. women. I'm I'm not a big fan of serial killers. I'm not a big fan of um, Vladimir Putin if he's got a partner. Do we know if he's got a partner? Probably not a fan. I don't know. Was never a big fan of Ava Braun. I think she's kind of a cunt. Liz Holmes. Yeah, some Thanos. Not a big fan of... Theranos. Thanos is a, is, was the big man who snapped his fingers, I believe. Close enough. Not to get... Like, <laughs> like, come on, you could make a Marvel movie about her. She could. Be yeah, I'm watching doing. the movie about her. I'm watching the movie about her, the show with Amanda Seyfried in it. It's all right. But, see, that's a miscasting because Elizabeth Holmes didn't have ginormous eyes, like cartoonish eyes that take up. <laughs> oh, no, she's much better looking than um, than uh, Elizabeth Holmes, but I don't know if there's anyone you could get. I mean, she's a very, she's an odd looking. And her eyes are very open all the time, though. Uh, Liz Holmes are, are like this like the whole time they're peeled back. So, yep. They tried to get Kate McKinnon. I think this was a better choice. I, I think Amanda Seyfried is better than Kate McKinnon at acting, first of all. But this is true. But, like, yeah, Kate McKinnon is just 10 years too, too old in, in looks okay. wise. And Amanda Seyfried is too attractive. You need to find like oh yeah no she's too good looking yeah somebody who could like do that role that's that's kind of perfect middle ground but I suppose it's a they movie should. who really gives a fuck 
Um, it doesn't matter. I think it's good. Kate it's it's, it's kind of fun to watch, and I like um, I like uh, you know who's in it. Tony is uh, uh, William H Macy, <laughs> <laughs> and I like that component of it. He's very funny in it. Uh, um, and uh, there, there's some other. Uh, I think Alan Ruck is going to be in it too. I don't think we've gotten to his part, but I'm excited for that too. Um, there you go. So that's that's the movie Griff's movie review. I don't even think it's a movie. Actually, I think it's a series. <laughs> Remember but, uh, that when they used to be if it were a movie, movie it would be a really long one. Yeah, now it's now it's a whatever Hulu limited series, limited official series or whatever the fuck it is. So, Have you right. watched that Tiger King series that they're doing? No, with Kate McKinnon. No, that is Kate McKinnon. Yeah, I have not. I haven't done that one yet. I um, I I don't think Tiger King is well made. Per- particularly other than being sort of an interesting story. So I, uh, I really, I don't know if I want to watch the remix. No, it was an interesting story at the perfect time. If that had have come out yeah. before the pandemic or once um, the pandemic fatigue had set in, yeah. I don't think that would have been the hit. You don't think anyone would have right cared. I found it fascinating at least. I mean, I didn't know anything about that world. I, I never would have known anything about that, that world. Um, I, but I, you know, I don't really think, I mean, I watched, I watched it all. I watched the second one with that fucker, um, homeboy who is the other, who is the other feller, the whatever lunatic there wasn't, um, it was the guy from Illinois, the guy who is in like Southern Illinois and Indiana, that guy who is a big fuck up. But, um, and then I watched the third thing that was just like the doc Antle thing <laughs> just cause I was on a plane. I was on an airplane. I'm like, oh, whatever, I guess I'll watch this. And, um, but just they weren't good. I mean, they, the Doc Antle one was probably the best one because it was, but it also felt the worst. Like it was the worst one to watch because it was so scuzzy. It was very nasty. That was nasty. Yep. Okay. Not quite the rollicking adventure of the other two. I, I thought I would jump on Rotten Tomatoes. You guys would call it rot, Rotten Rotten tomatoes, rotten rotten tomato sauce. No, sorry. Yep. Um, what do you think? Season two of Tiger King, uh, Tiger King, murder, mayhem, and madness got on the tomato meter. Not the season two. Score. Yeah, twenty six um, critic scores are in. This is the critic score mm. only. I mean, that's like a, that feels like a four or something like that. Four or five out of a hundred. Oh, out of a hundred. Oh, I thought it was out of ten. Uh, no. I don't know, like 40, 40 or fifty, maybe nineteen. Nineteen eh. percent. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. Um, all you you just have to if you're not if you don't care about the story, then don't watch it. If you just if you're half fascinated in that dumb shit like I was, I watched it. It, it was enough to hold my interest for a few hours, but wasn't any good. <laughs> By contrast, the uh, the first one got an eighty five on the tomato yeah, meter. Yeah, I don't think they're that much different, to be honest. But um, the story in the first, I suppose, it's more, it's more. There's more shit burning down in the first one. The second one is more like people going to court and stuff. But it's you know whatever. If you don't care about that, then that's fine. What is what is Joe and Carol getting? What is that getting? Let me look that up. I'll be with you in one second. I really right. feel like I should have played the untrapped theme. No, don't do that yet because it's coming later. Joe and Carol. The un- 
Yeah, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, okay. That bitch killed her, killed her wife, her husband, or whatever. Now, unlike home from the supermarket or whatever that was. Unlike season two of the documentary where the um, tomato meter and the audience score were pretty much in lockstep, the audience score and the tomato meter are extremely different. Did you okay. want to take a guess at first the critic score and then the Is audience Is that out score? of 102? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say the critics give this one a like a 28. I can give that to you, 36. Yeah, and then I would say the audience is like a 70. Oh, do I give that to you? Because you are... Is it even higher? Technically, it's like 80. 10, it's 80. Yep, bang on Jesus. 80. Yeah, people, uh, people are crazy, man. I don't know. I mean, the, I, I've been in and out on the, the dropout, but at the beginning I didn't love it, but I think it's starting to come around on me. So maybe, maybe that would too. Maybe I'd like it more if I actually sat through it. I've watched some damn garbage on that Netflix, though. I got to quit that. Um, <laughs> and that Netflix ain't too good. I think HBO and Hulu are doing enough for me. I don't need this Netflix. Netflix is pumping out some dog shit these days, man. This is true, but every service is pumping out <laughs> dog shit. Everything yeah. is about doom scrolling. I tell you what, I've been watching. I think it's. Well, I don't know where it is for you. It might be on Hulu. But I've been watching uh, Peacemaker with John Cena. I'm not normally a superhero mm. guy, but that that's an interesting series because uh, James, you like that one? James Gunn um, <laughs> produced it and I think he, he does a lot of the directing. So if you like any of those James Gunn movies, um, yeah. you'll enjoy that. See, I got that, I got that bundle now with the Hulu, uh, Hulu Disney and the uh, – ESPN, and I watch a lot of that ESPN Plus. That's that's a that's a big that's a big pickup for me with watching these games, watching some of these basketball and hockey and shit. Yeah, I'm I've been sure doing a lot of that. Uh, Tony, I've been watching basketball and hockey and all that, and I'm finding that I don't really like drinking. During, I'm not enjoying drinking during a basketball game for some reason. I don't know why. I feel like I'd have a weird drinking rhythm with basketball for some reason that I'm having a hard time. Maybe it's because I'm too wrapped up in the game or I, I care too much about it. I don't know what it is. but Yep. I, I It's hard for me to talk about the NBA and drinking, but I, I know what you mean when it comes to Aussie rules. I'm not a fan of drinking while watching my own team play specifically because of the rhythm of the game because you're, you're invested yeah. in, in that period or quarter as it is in Aussie rules. So you, you, you like invested for 25 minutes, half an hour and you don't drink. And then, then do you slam it down during the breaks and then yeah. get back to it? The, the rhythm's always off in something you're watching intently during the day NBA games. I'm not a huge day drinker except when we're recording. Yeah. The odd stop. And starts, I feel like it feels like it should be better, but I feel like I, it's a weird rhythm to it. I, I don't know. I've been liking hockey as a drinking sport. You can kind of you kind of just have it going on, and you can sort of sip. It's sort of got a nice pace to it. I'm not like living and dying with every movement of the of the puck. Um, for some reason, with basketball, the 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 static, the sort of up and down nature of it. I don't know. 
it, it's not even up and down the court. It's just like the there's the whistles and commercials and I don't know. There's just something about it. I'm having a hard time getting into a rhythm of drinking an IPA while I while I watch that sport. I don't know. Do you think Aussie is Aussie rules a good drinking sport in general? Do you have other sports you like sipping on a beer during, or is there is this like you just not really? You know, when you're at a game, are you buying beer? What are you doing? I'm not a huge at game drinker. Like mm. when I was younger, maybe, but it's so so expensive and the beer's so crap. I would rather have a couple of drinks beforehand and just keep my buzz going throughout yeah, the that's game. A good point. Maybe have just just one or two at the game, one before the game and one at half time. But I probably if you're not as invested in the sport as I am, I think yeah, it's a fine drinking sport because the the periods last for thirty minutes. If it's a team you don't love, then yeah, it's a fine drinking game. Have a beer a quarter, and and you've got a nice buzz going on because um, it takes about two and a half three hours to to complete a game. It's sort yeah. of the perfect length, and it doesn't have that that jaggedness that the end of an NBA game can have, where that last two minutes can go on forever with those four timeouts and ad breaks and whatever yeah, else. That's and, the other thing too, is that you can get your last beer, you get your last beer before the fourth quarter. That fourth quarter might take forever. I mean, yeah. you might never leave the place. Yeah, Baseball is a good drinking sport, I think. And I don't even like baseball, but it's a good place to sit down and like half care about something and get wasted. <laughs> Actually, you bring up a really good point. Um, and that is, is cricket is a great drinking sport for uh, me. Oh, sure, yeah. and I believe that. Yes, you have to pace yourself with a test match day because, trust me, yeah. I've done oh, that. Oh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's like a six-hour day. A long-ass fucking day, yeah. yeah. But what you, about, yeah. But um, the uh, the 50-50 game as well is also about six hours, but the the one the uh, 2020 game takes about three hours to complete again it's perfect um, mm-hmm. actions going on all the time you can sort of like hockey have it going on in the background or if you're at the game you can sort of duck out and get a beer at any point and know yeah. that you'll only miss like a fraction you won't miss the pivotal moment right that's the problem with hockey though is you might miss the goal but whatever you live with it uh what about the the car racing? That feels like everybody's drunk at that all the time. Well, it depends what you're talking about, because you've got very two extreme dichotomies when it comes to car racing, and there are crossover fans. Don't get me wrong, but you got um, NASCAR fans who sure in, they're in, drunk. They're drunk all the time. But then you've got Formula One fans, and yes, okay. beer is a component of sponsorship. Foster's used to be a big supporter. Heineken mm-hmm. are also a supporter, but not really a big drinking sport. When you go to the Formula One, as I'll be going in uh, middle of April, start of April, to the Australian Grand Prix, um, not really a big drinking sport because it's more about okay. sort of the strategy. Like Formula One is all about like the intricacies of the sport and about knowing what strategy is going on all the era that's going on, all the politics mm. is going on. So, and of course, um, the one Russian driver that was in Formula One has lost his seat because he uh, can't afford to pay for his drive anymore. He wasn't good enough to mm. stay there with his own merits. His dad, um, one of Vladimir Putin's um, friendly oligarchs, sure. um, mm-hmm. was paying for his, his drive. Um, right. And because he can no longer pay, he got the ass. Couldn't happen to a nicer yeah. bloke. Fuck that guy. 
Yeah, there you go. That's not that's fine. I uh, I don't necessarily agree with the weird weird booting of Russian stuff from like random like the cat contest or whatever. I'm like, who cares? You know, these people. Most of the people who just have a cat in the cat show are just normal fucking people. They didn't want to start a war or anything. What do they yeah, care? But and then the hockey players. We're, we're getting mad at the hockey players in the NHL. What the fuck does you know? Uh, uh, Pav, Pavel Buchnevich have to do with the fucking. He lives. He lives in a house in in St. Louis. You know yeah. who cares? No, but what it what it does to him is that he bitches to his family, who he's probably paying like most athletes are paying a, a portion of their wage to their family in one way or another. He starts bitching to them, and they start actually thinking critically about a war, and so all these little like thousand cut measures that seem as a punishment Mm. to the people. That's not what it's about. It's about, like, putting pressure on the community and um, causing a bit of tension with Putin. That's what a lot of this stuff is. It's not about punishing a Russian athlete. It's about putting pressure on Putin. And we've already had tennis players come out and have anti-war statements. And we'll have people speak out because they can't compete for their livelihood. It's, it's sure. just about pressure and it's about a PR war. It's, it's not about punishing Russians. That, that's not what it's about. It's about getting people to bitch about Putin. Yeah. I don't know if I'm feeling like that's going to pay off, but uh, hey, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> feels like... <laughs> Feels like the the uh, the outcome of the it feels like the outcome of this, this is essentially already decided. But I'm uh, not so. It's just gonna. It's just it's just, just taking longer taking longer than um than it. I mean, it just feels like there's this is the problem is there there is the the problem for Russia is that they're as incompetent as the United States is, if not more. So yeah, they are running into more, running into that problem. Yeah, they are far more incompetent <laughs> than the U.S. Because <laughs> the one thing that the U.S. can do is they can at least um, run a credible um, PR campaign and a misinformation war. Sure, that's the part that's the part that I've been surprised they met. I've been surprised they messed that part up. That was the not the the war part. I mean whatever, we suck at that too. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't do it. Is one reason. <laughs> but um the uh, the the uh, the PR part of it it feels like somebody somebody fucked up that part because there is obviously I know there's a lot of misinformation out there and you don't know what to believe, but even the fact that um, it feels like all that stuff is, is, is sort of weirdly weighted uh, is sort of telling to me, but yeah. Um, What do I know? And the fact that they can't get other countries to buy in, like when the Bush administration um, carried on about WMDs, not every sure. country bought other, it yeah. line and sinker, but they got enough other countries to buy into that line outside of mainland Russia and Belarus because of the pup, puppet um, government. Nobody's yeah, buying in to the... Yeah, even the, the weirdo Tur- Turkey guy and the hun- Hungarian feller uh, weren't even in on it, and those guys are fucking lunatics. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Anyways, it's wild. I, I really don't want to talk too much about it because I don't know goddamn shit. I know that um, all I know is that it. I mean, there's obviously there's been you know civil war going on there for many years. Um, uh, there really has to some degree, no. to to a degree uh, at least since the <laughs> Crimea thing. I would say that there's been can't really call di- it a civil uh, war though. 
this is the thing. Okay, you, it's not like the U.S. Civil War, but there's been skirmishes going on over been the Russian course troops, of the last six years. Like stationed ag- in those areas yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's be clear. They're like, not marching to Vicksburg, obviously, or any shit. You know, whatever. But no, but. Like, a civil war has to be, like, your own people fighting against one another. That hasn't been the case. This has been Russian troops Fair coming enough. in via Crimea, annexing part of right. another country, and then saying it's a civil war. Well, it's not. They, they, got, war not going on, they got war going on in there yeah. is for a while now, is what I'm saying. <laughs> that, that's fair enough. I, yeah. I just, because it's, it's the way Putin actually wanted this PR campaign to uh, break down, and the fact that. He wanted people to think that this was a civil war being fought and he's just helping out the, the Russian sure. side of a yeah, civil that's, war. Yeah, right. It's not right. a fucking yeah. civil war, it's an invasion. That's not really happening. No. no. Yeah, exactly. But it's going to go on forever and hopefully, uh, hey, let's make this about me. Hopefully I can still go to Europe. <laughs> That'd be crossed. nice if I could still do that. Yeah, I know. I'm not going, I'm not going that far east or south, so I think I'll probably be fine. But TBD. Uh, once we run out of jet fuel and fucking plane parts, that's going to be the real problem. So I guess we'll find but out. Did Russia produce any of that shit? No, I just think the supply chain is going to be all jacked for the next while. And, it's and like this, 30%. I this, You'll be fine. I don't think this is going to help, but, you know, whatever. They're already doing price gouging out here. They're, everything came out that's like Russia provides 3% of the U.S.'s oil, and then once they blocked off the Russian oil imports, gas prices went up. <laughs> They're 50% <laughs> <laughs> laughing my ass off, Mike. What the fuck? These guys are just taking any opportunity to do this shit. So good. Um, all right, Tony, enough serious talk. Let's go back to the shit and turds part of okay. the show. Just kidding. Uh, oh, yeah, you know what? I was right. Shit and turds part of the show. Let's go look at our Discord. Okay, let's do that. That's Let right. me get the jingle going while we um, sure. actually get the page up and running. Shit and turds. See, it is the shit and turds part. I don't think we actually talked about any shit and turds on here this week. But we did talk about stuff, and if you want to join our Discord, you absolutely can. Drop us a note on Instagram. Our Instagram is at BeerEngine_Pod, uh, or send us an email, and we will add you to the Discord where lots of fun chitter-chatter happens. Oh, my God. Um, this week, Tony... What kind of stuff do we have? Oh, Max Allotment, my man. He's up there in, uh, down there, down there in Savannah. Twin Tides, almost nothing. Now this, I'm not sure what this is. Is this some kind of IPA? Is this some kind of fruited beer? I don't know, but he says it has tastes of candied orange, papaya, and sweet red berries against a pillowy pale malt frame, soft but prickly grapefruit finish. So I'm thinking that's that's an IPA of some some type tony what do you think let's let's play the guessing game what is max allotment's beer as i look it up on untapped it is something gloopy it's yeah i think it's a twin tides from who is it almost nothing but is it a sour is uh, i can't find it dude it it's not on here almost nothing here it is it's a oh (laughs) you're both kind of right it is a actually I was more right. It's a uh, double imperial New England IPA. There you go. So it's got some characteristics of gloop, but there's no fruit in it. So yeah, it it looks like gloop. It looks like a what we in Australia are starting to call an oat cream. 
It has very. Oh, that's a that's a uh, that's a that's a other half term. There you go. It's gaining popularity in Australia. Um, a, a fellow called Griff um, checked out um, Good Guys. Um, with no, the it was one? it was Ale Smith and no, it was oh. Ale Smith and Pizza Port. Oh. Those are good guys that would gotcha. collab on it. West Coast IPA. If you're drinking a West Coast IPA and Ale Smith and Pizza Port are involved, you're in for a tasty little number there. And it was really good. And that it was, was clear. Nice that's that's like super weird. Clear as um, clear as my piss after drinking six of those beers. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't drink six. I drank three. Now, have you had the beer that um, W Toods posted on? Yes, I know you're a big Dovetail fan, but I hadn't yeah. heard you mention the Vienna style lager. W Toods on the Vienna lager. The Vienna lager may have been the very first one that got released many years ago when they opened. Um, it's delicious. It's fantastic. Remember drinking it down on on untapped on tap on tapped <laughs> on tap at. Iron and Glass in Romeoville. It was killer. Very, very, yep. very, very nice beer. Um, you know what? I just remembered something, Tony, yes. that uh, I have to say. Um, it's going to sound like we cut the show for me to say this, but I believe the person who got arrested for driving on a revoked license was not Stephen Miller. It was Madison Cawthorn, my favorite <gasps> target. My favorite uh, uh, all, all guy who's always sitting and his opportunity to sit legally in the car was was. A Apparently revoked from him, so he's going to have to get back out and sit down on the earth again. He's, so, he's going to him. have to fight so many court cases because he's struggling to get yeah. on the ballot this time around. Because there are hopefully challenges. they got double. Do- hopefully they got double doors at the at the courthouse so he can roll his ass in there. Yeah, because they they're challenging whether he can sit um, for his. No, um, he can sit. That's all he can do. Sorry, go ahead. I deliberately said <laughs> that, by the way. Um, uh-huh. for, for his um, teeing it up. <laughs> for his next um, election cycle, um, there, mm. there's going to be challenges brought by the um, voters in his electorate. So that's going to be delicious to see whether that actually stands up. He may have to yeah. take it all the way to the uh, Supreme Court, which is never going to be good for a Democrat. Oh, yeah, not good. Well, W2s, just know that your your post about Dovetail reminded me of that for some reason. Unknown, really. Uh, I was drinking Chicago beer too, Tony, from Silver Stamp. They had some off-color Saison in cans at Silver Stamp, which was pretty dope. This was called Le Predator. It Is was that the sweet-looking uh, can with the black and white art and the lion? Yep, with the lion on there with holding a French baguette. Um, he, it's uh, it's essentially Apex Predator, but I believe with French uh, hops. Yeast? Oh. No, they, no, it, no, it already has... I think it already has the French Saison yeast. It's the same yeast. It just has this more, I don't know, you know, the, I, the untapped said Australian hops, and I just can't, why would they call it a French name if it had Australian hops? I don't understand why they would do that. So I, 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 I tend to believe it has um, French hops, and then the name of the hop did not appear to be an Australian hop. So really, What was the name of the trying beer? To, Le, Le Predator. It's... Um, here I'm gonna look on. Uh, I'm actually gonna look on their website right quick, but it's because um, I don't trust Untapped. But I I could be, I could, could be, be wrong. Um, because we all know the history. On off color, it says it is uh, the hops were Nugget. Oh, maybe it is. It's Nugget Autonom 
and Nelson Sobin. So maybe it is um, French Saison yeast. Okay, you're right. It was French Saison yeast. You hit the target. All right, there you go. I thought maybe they used some uh, French houblon, as it were, but they went with the uh, French Saison yeast. But it had um, it was it was a nice taste and nice taste in beer. Um, Very good. Nice and nice and. you know, those hops hold up nice in those beers, so it was, it was tasting good. Perfect. Sounds like it was delicious. Um, uh, you got a question from Nick Torque here, uh, Tony, uh, about this great Australian Easter beer hunt pack. Uh, what do you got here? It was a pack that Nick was thinking about buying, and you, it's like one of those, like, advent calendars. But in this case, they gave you a preview of the beers, and then you could click through and click to find out exactly what the beers were in this this mix pack of, of beers. And the three um, breweries that they mentioned were three breweries that I'm familiar with. One that I haven't tried yet. I'm familiar with it through the show because of PMAC, um, mm. Mountain Culture. Who, and oh, yeah, I drank some of their beer from with Burial. It was pretty good. Uh, Gary, Garage Project. Um, which is a New Zealand brewery, I believe. They do a lot of stuff in Australia. They're they're one of the biggest um, New Zealand breweries in Australia. And this little um, place in out-of-the-way Melbourne called Deeds, they were the Mm -hmm. three marketing breweries that they listed as being a part of this box. And you could actually check through um, the the link and, and go down and check out the beers that were there. And they... There was a couple of other. Hop Nation was a part of it. Uh, Hawkers and mm. White Bay were a couple of the others that that I recognised. So, all right, yeah, and, and so you, so I mean, looks like he looks like he pulled the trigger based on uh, based yeah. on our best info here. The price isn't bad either. How many beers were in here? Uh, I'll click through the link. Twelve. There. Could be a twelve. Looks like a twelver. That that sounds about right. Not horrible for twelve like high end beers. Uh, eight sixty five dollars. Eight. Eight. Uh, well, okay. That's still pretty um, good in Australian terms. Yeah. What are you looking at? Fifty fifty dollars US. You know, something like that. Yeah, you're paying ten dollars Australian a beer, which brings it down to like seven dollars US. Yeah, that's not too bad. Okay. Um, that's cool. Yeah, Nick, tell us how those are. Excited to find out. Um, Corey gave us, oh no, we'll got to save that for, uh, we're going to save that for the mail keg. Actually, okay. let's jump over to pastry bot oh. where Corey was also posting, uh, about some new girl scout cookies, Tony. I have not had these. I don't know if you guys get girl scout cookies down there. What's up, buddy? <laughs> pastry bot. We got a question for you. Um, well, first of all, Tony, I have a question for you. Are you guys eating Girl Scout cookies? You know, no, sure. I'm not. From, well, I am familiar through popular culture in what a Girl Scout cookie is, but we do not have them in Australia. We have Girl Scouts, but we do not have Girl Scout cookies. My, Originally, yeah. we didn't have Girl Scouts because we had Girl Guides, <laughs> but uh, Scouts are now Girl Guides. Okay, yeah. Yep. All right. Um, I was not a Boy Scout nor a Girl Scout. I think Kelly may have been a brownie very briefly. Yep. The, the, we uh, start with, with brownies and then they become guides, or that yeah. used to be the case. 
now. I think they've sort of mishmashed those two organisations to <laughs> escape the um, the um, child sex abuse payments that they eventually have to make. Oh yeah, they love doing that. See, I was at the Catholic Church, so I had plenty of opportunity to get fucked fucked around with. Tony and I, two of the people who may be the least skilled with knots, I think, on Earth. I can't, I don't know. Are you good at them, Tony? You tie in fucking weird-ass boat knots and setting up, pitching a tent or something? I think the, the only tent I'm pitching is in my pants. Um, yeah. I'm terrible with knots. I, I, can, I can pitch a tent. Yeah. They're not that hard. But, yeah. like... Mine is. <laughs> but I'm... <full. laughs> but, like... How many skills do you take forward out of becoming a a, a Boy Scout, really? Uh, Soapbox Derby Racer, um, uh, playing with knives. These are all from The Simpsons. That's all I can remember. I think Soapbox Derby Racer, uh, playing with knives. Um, there's a mm, knot. There's a helping old lady across the street. Uh some of those things I'm okay at. Not, I'm not helping an old lady across the street. I think I could do it. Now, um, how, how good do you think you would be at the soapbox derby? Have you ever watched the Red Bull? Oh, I am not good at building shit, dude. I, I, I am not an engineer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, that is not for me. Uh, you know, we have a couple engineers, I, I think, in our circle here on Discord that have, like, that mindset, and it, it is not. Is not in my. I'm just not. I'm not great with sort of fine motor, you know, stuff where you have to. You know, it's just not not good. <laughs> I, I, I should I should still be sitting around playing with Legos to help my fine motor skills or something. You should be, I just don't but that it. shit's expensive. They know how to change. It is expensive, yeah. Because much like my roller coaster rabbit hole that I went down, I also went down. For, for a non-brief period of time, the Red Bull Soapbox Derby YouTube channel. Mm. Um, ah. Actually, really, really fun. That uh, company is a terrible company, yes, but they uh, sponsor some great shit. And uh, I would say Soapbox Derby towards the very tippy top. There's a bunch of people that think they can engineer that really can't. And it's uh, no. really fun to see people crash at high speed into hay bales. My, hey, we're. I will all remember Bart driving Martin's soapbox derby racer at like six million miles an hour. And barely survived. He bar- Yeah, they all barely survived. Um, Corey did post with Pastry Bot, though. Back to Pastry Bot. He's got this. Oh, he's back. We built Pastry Bot. We must, we must know what we're doing. Um, these are a new cookie to me. So the, my favorite Girl Scout cookie, Tony, is the tag-along. Now, a tag-along is a very simple cookie. It's probably one you've had before. It's essentially um, sort of a, a, a two thin chocolate wafers, I believe, filled with peanut butter cream and then covered in chocolate. We don't get those in Australia. Sound delicious. But no, yeah. No, we yeah, they are good. Kelly loves the th- – everybody the world loves the thin mint. The thin mint is just like a um, – it's like a peppermint patty covered in chocolate type thing. It's got it got a cookie wedged in there somewhere. Um, but these are new. These ones I was not familiar with. This is called an Adventureful Tony, and it's got an indulgent brownie inspired cookie with caramel flavored cream and a hint of sea salt. So this appears to have sort of a soft 
browny. Um, it sort of looks like a thumbprint cookie, Tony, if it yeah. were a brownie, and then has a caramel kind of where the jam would go in a thumbprint. So you got the brownie base, and then there's a top sort of filling of caramel, and it's got some little chocolate lines on top. But this thing looks pretty. This thing looks pretty good to me. So Corey wants four hands to turn this into a pastry stout. I, you know, they already have four hands already has the uh, Girl Scout cookie pack of their chocolate milk stout, which is very good. This, I, I suspect they'll be adding this one to the mix more than likely. Now, um, is it true to say that you can now buy girls, Girl Scout cookies at stores or are they purely still a, you've mm. got to know somebody in the Girl Scouts to actually get yourself a Girl Scout cookie? It's somewhere in between. You can order them. You can order them online. I know that. So you can get them just shipped to you. So you don't have to know a Girl Scout. But um, um, okay. I, I've never seen them at stores. Now you can get replica replicants. See replicants. Uh, you can get those from um, from Aldi. There is an exact replica of a tag along uh-huh. at at Aldi. Um. At the Aldi here, I, I don't, I, you know, you guys probably aren't getting it, but there is a there is a pretty much exact replica of it. You know, I'm actually not sure. It's I'm, I'm thinking back to a tag along. It may just be chocolate on the bottom, then the peanut butter, and then that is all covered in chocolate. I don't, I don't think it's two cookies, but it, whatever, it's chocolate and peanut butter. It's fine, but um, they have that exact thing at Aldi, and I would argue the Aldi version is slightly better. Really. Um, because there's more of the sh- there's more of the sugary peanut butter shit in there, which you know is bad for you. But oh, of course you do. Yeah, we just got some cookies here, not Girl Scout cookies. Kelly had a the, a the we have this place here called Crumble Cookie, which makes these fucking Instagram cookies, just big motherfucking cookies covered in stuff. Um, and they're delicious. But it was like cereal week, so and she loves cereal, so they've all got different cereal inspired cookies. So we had to go get them, and they're huge. And there's like a cinnamon toast crunch one, and a fruity pebbles, and a corn flakes, and a um, I forget the other one right now. Oh, it's like Reese's Puffs or something. And um, they're great cookies. They're very nice, but they are monsters. So. Yeah, corn flakes a classic classic combo in a cookie. Big fan of a corn flake in a cookie for sure. Yeah, there's a great milk bar cookie that's like cornflake, chocolate cornflake crunch or something. That's really good. Um, all right, Tony, uh, what else we got? Oh, yeah, PMAC. PMAC, uh, uh, our buddy, uh, looking for some Mortalis beers. Now, Mort- he put this in Gloop City, and that was the right place to post it because Mortalis is going Gloop big mode on Gloop. Um, so I told him to give him a whirl. It's some serious Gloop, though, so you got to be ready. You got to be ready to go on that. Strap in is what you're saying. Got to yeah. be prepared yeah, for that. Yeah. Prepare your esophagus for slight burning, potential burning. Um, and Tony, I think that's it. I think we can move on to the mail keg. Excellent. <laughs> All right. We got two questions this week, Tony, I think. Ooh, three. Three. Um, okay, well, this isn't a question. At least three. Uh, we got. We have a number of questions that came in over the last week. All right, we got to work through these. I didn't realize how much crap we have. So here we go. Nick Torque. Are skimpy barmaids or skimpies just an Australian thing, or does this go elsewhere in the world? Example below is just a regular. Is is this this is just a regular bar in a mining town on a Friday afternoon, not a strip club? 
So Tony, first of all, is he is that true? Yes. All right. I mean, no. Uh, you know, there is one thing with the U.S. where um, it's generally very. There is sort of <laughs> when the guy grabs it out of her ass is very awkward to me. <laughs> um. So, have you been to one of these bars, Tony? What's going on here? I haven't been. So, this to- girl is sticking a nonic in between her her ass cheeks. Yes. And filling it from the tap, and uh, what with it in there, and it it's, uh, it's spilling a little bit. She sort of tips it a little bit, shakes it around, tops it off, uh, and then um, the feller comes in and has to sort of go top and bottom with reach, his hands, go t- <laughs> reach under there, and uh, fetch the cup out of there. So, Tony, have you done that? Are no, you involved have, in this? I, I have not. This is a mining town in Outback Australia. This is, um, I think, in more isolated communities, I wouldn't even say rural, I don't think this is um, a great snapshot of Australian bars, but I know a very small proportion of them do do this. What I think of them as is, like, if you can mix hooters with a bar mixed with, like, isolation then you've got a perfect personification of what these barmaids are actually serving up. So we have Hooters. Um, I haven't run into this. Hooters is actually way creepy because most of the girls are so so young. (laughs) Fucking weird. You've got Um, to mix in the bar, which Hooters is not a bar. It's a a wing place. And then you've got to mix in isolation, desperation. These places roughly have a population of 50 men to every one sure. woman in these places. Yeesh. So. I mean, listen, I mean, she's she's had to work on that. That's a skill. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, that's a skill. I mean, not only do you have to work on the skill, you have to work on the ass to be able to do it. I mean, you got you to gotta get some, like, muscle back there to be able to to do this one. This is, you got to have a shelf. Um, so, I mean, that's cool. Hope you, hope, you know what? She might be the richest lady in Carl Gooley. Kel Gooley. Uh, or whatever. You, you were okay, close. Whatever this you is. got the last end of it right. Kel Gooley. Kel Gooley. <laughs> Kel Gooley. Um, Don't overpronounce the R. Sven Gooley. Um, uh, so that was cool. I mean, hey, listen, I'll take some TNA on the Discord. That's all right. Um, W2 says a question. Are there more wheels or more doors in the entire world? Wheels. Simple. All right. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> okay. What's your answer <laughs> to this question? Because it's good. I, I, I would also say wheels, but I'll say it, and I say it with confidence because no one will ever count. We'll never know. So, well, um, how many doors are in a supermarket? Just Great question. But how many supermarkets are there in the world is really the okay. Other but thing just add. using that as a microcosm, how many shopping carts do they have? Yeah, exactly. Four yeah, wheels got, on every shopping cart. Got, you know, a hundred four. Yeah, there's not four hundred doors in the supermarket. And think how many doors have wheels on them, like you know those big freezers with the big hinges on them with the big wheels. Oh uh, yeah. So you got, got you get you get a two for you get a two for one there. Yeah, yep. there are the sliding doors that have wheels in the sliding doors. That's you know, what yeah. I'm talking about, baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, how about this? Uh, oh, PMAC was singing along to Griff's Lager of the Week while drinking this crispy club lager, which actually looks pretty good. Again, Garage um, pa- Project. Delicious. Little New Zealand, New Zealand lager there. Um, question from another question from W2. It's another somewhat, you know, sort of open-ended question. Do you ever think about how your body is essentially a mech suit for your brain? Occasionally, only because I wish I could get a refund on my, like, skin version of a mech suit because it's not particularly great. Yeah, I'm, I, I would say if they built this as a mech suit for my brain, they didn't build it particularly well. Um, but... You know, and it's also made of flesh, which is highly penetrable. Yeah, but it's Easy also very damage. elastic. This is the thing. Yes, you it perishes. Yes, you can. You Why did they put a dick on my mech suit? <laughs> <laughs> That's the real question. No, I mean, the real question is why, why, don't they, was it, why don't they put more for, dicks on things in general? Oh, God. Now there is a question. Um, and Frankenstein was a mech suit for a, for a brain, essentially, you know, did they, did, I mean, we don't, we'll never know. Did they, did they graft a hog on him? Of course. There's got to be you think Frankenstein. They did. You think, you think Dr. You think Dr. Frankenstein, as they, as they say, uh, went in there and grafted on a, do you think they gave him like a big one or just a normal one or what? Well, here's the issue. He, he's not technically a robot. He's a monster. Um, mm-hmm. And he's Doctor Frankenstein's monster, so I'm not sure. All right, well, they... did they graft a big hog on a transformer? Now that's a better question, because you know there's going to be some freak have into to be, that. To be proportional, you know, there's probably some freak into the Frankenstein stuff as well. But because Frankenstein both, yeah. was a body, I think yes, there was a hog on that thing. Uh, Transformers. Think, yeah. Do they breed? Maybe, maybe the whole analogy, uh, Transformers versus Decepticons, is like a Romeo and Juliet series hmm. waiting to be played out with, like, like porno mechs. I like it. There's a thought. <laughs> yeah. um, what's that movie, Edge of Tomorrow? You ever see that movie, Tony? Where they have to wear those fucking weird. I'm I'm familiar with the trailer, but I haven't watched the movie. They wear these kind of dumbass mech suit things, and those are just those are just like kind of soldier, like weird robot things. But you know, now you got me. Whatever, we're not going to talk about if the transformer. Why do I have to? Why, we don't even have to talk about the transformer having to pull off his hog. Um, we can just move on. We can just move on to the next question, Tony. We don't have to do that. Um, Corey asks, with the news that Kohl's is no longer a department store but is now a lifestyle concept, what brewery should quit being a brewery and become a lifestyle concept? I would actually argue that many breweries have quit being breweries and have become lifestyle concepts. And where they, a, a good one would be modern times. I think they're a lifestyle concept. I don't think they're a good lifestyle concept. When it stops becoming about anything about beer and just becomes about branding, um, or when you're trying to use branding to escape your core product, don't which, you think? But don't you think Anheuser Busch would be the exact example of that? Though yes, I mean, 
Yeah, I, th- I think they are a lifestyle concept. It's an yeah. aspirational brand for rednecks. It's like they're supreme. <clears throat> I think, uh, you know, it's funny because Solemn Oath, one of my old favorites from Chicago, essentially had this vision when they opened early on because they were doing very well. They were very popular. They were one of the few breweries that had opened up in the in the suburbs. And they were like, we are fucking killing it. We're going to become also a t-shirt company and we're going to make, you know, outerwear and we're going to have all this other shit going on and we're going to open this spot in the city and all this. And it took them like eight years to open their spot in the city. (laughs) They had to abandon the whole concept, all that stuff, because once competition got in there, uh, they were like, oh shit, this isn't easy to keep, to keep up with like growth, uh, the demand from, you know, the market having to buy stuff steel having to you know all this other stuff and they, it was very funny that they created this whole like lifestyle brand and then they were just like whoops not doing that <laughs> i would say before they were cancelled the brand that was heading that way faster than any other would have been Brewdog. Brewdog were heading for that place in las vegas that that massive bar that became less we're still supposed to happen i mean yeah yeah, but as a as a core brand, they were they were moving a million miles away from beer, and I think Brewdog were becoming sort of that lifestyle brand that you're talking right. about there that that wants to disassociate itself for whatever reason, just for market share more than anything else from the actual industry that that is their bread and butter. And of and all that, the departments, of us stores, who have ever why Coles? Like Coles is like middle of the road department stores, isn't it? Coles is bare. Coles is one that typically you wouldn't find in a mall um, anchor. You, it would just be a standalone, and it is a pretty. It's a pretty middle to lower class. I would say lower department store. You know, it's it's uh, it's better clothes than a you know Target maybe, yep. but it's um, you know, and they got some name brands and stuff, but they don't have any of the super high end stuff. You know, it's not anything like a you know, a, a Neiman Marcus or a yep. fucking Nordstrom or any of that stuff. Um, yeah, there's a Cole, Those of us who went to, uh, who have ever been in Wisconsin or lived in Wisconsin will remember that Coles there was a grocery store. Um, well, in Australia, I believe it, owned, owned by the same fellow, I, I believe. Well, in Australia, it is a grocery store that spelt differently than it is in America. Yeah. Uh. And this guy, Herb 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 Cole, uh, was a senator, I think, and also uh, the stadium at the University of Wisconsin is named after him. So there you go. There you go. Coles in Australia is hashtag fact is spelt C O L E S. Oh, I'll be damned. Yeah, spelt the correct well, way. Well, Tony, why don't we move along here and jump into the logger of the week. Let's do that. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. All right, Tony. Griff's logger of the week is back, and I'm going back. I'm going back to the well with Tipo pills. Uh, couldn't come up with anything better. It's still available at Silver Stamp, so I'm just going to keep saying it's the Lager of the Week until until it runs out. It's so good. It is A-plus Lager. 
uh, drank, drank another couple of them on Saturday before we went to dinner over there in the arts district. So if you can find yourself some Tipo pills from Italy, get yourself some uh, stat and get, get drinking. Tony, how about you? you drinking any lager this week? I, I actually was. Um, for anybody in Australia, you should be able to pick that this up just about anywhere because it is a big Woolworths brand. I think it's Woolworths these days. Um, or slash Dan Murphy's. Pirate Life have put out a mm. um, Pilsner and it's just called Best Pilsner because it uses Best Malt, I think, as one of their malt suppliers. Uh, just a really good example of a Australian Pilsner. Yeah, really nice. Are they using Australian hops in that, that thing there? Yeah, they are, because um, they're using cryo malt, which is um, – actually, it might be cryo malt, not best malt. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I'm sure they're using Australian bittering hops to get that stuff done because we can get that, um, that flavour. So it was nice and crisp, um, hoppy enough. Actually, I'm telling a lie because they use Yakima Chief hops. Ah. So stateside. All right. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, sometimes those uh, those U.S. hops come off a little bit too sharp to me, but I I could see how that might that might work. Uh, all right, Tony. Why don't we talk about some beers of the week? Let's go with some beers of the week. Uh, all right, Tony. Boy, this is not rated very well, but I did love it. Um, I really enjoyed this stout I got in my Tavor box uh, recently. Oh man, we lost him. I'm still He's here. There. I'm just checking in. I'm just finding my beer. So just fucking relax. Oh, oh shit. Uh, all right. It's the, um, this was from Temperance Beer Co. Temperance is in, in Evanston, Illinois. This one got shipped to me from the gang at Tavor. It's Might Meets Right, their uh, annual Imperial Stout. This is their High West Bourbon and Rye Barrel Aged Stout. Dude, this was good. Um, it's only getting a 4.1 on untapped. Disagree. Um, it's obviously not as distinct as drinking something like Dark Mode from from Rev or whatever, or, or even Deep Star for that matter. But it's delicious. Um, has very distinct bur- uh, 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 bourbon and rye flavor. Uh, these they, they say the barrels came in wet. That's awesome. These came in with strong. This beer came in like hot with the with the with the bourbon and rye. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was real delicious, real boozy, not too sweet. Uh, I was a big fan of this. So if you're in Chicago, I, I vote for you to seek this out. I love High West. High West packs a wallop. I'll give them that, but it's a it's a great taste and great taste and stout. I've, Tony, I can't see you, but what do you think? I, I think it sounds delicious and. Uh... Yeah, good choice for the uh, beer of the week, even if it wasn't rated as highly as you thought. Mine didn't come in even as high as yours, but you know what Australia's like with rating beers. Mine was from Mm -hmm. a brewery new to me. Um, 
And that's uh, One Drop Brewing Co. I've never had any of their stuff. It was in the um, Great Australian Beer Spectacular pack. And mm. it was their Grape Sherbet Sour Beer. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's a kettle sour. Um, it has both grapes and boysenberries in it with some citrus peel. It was really, really delicious. And, uh, yeah, I rated it higher than what it got. It's coming in currently at 3.89. So, yeah, I certainly rate it higher than that. Delicious All right. from one drop. Killer. I'm also drinking a beer right now, Tony, that I was surprised by. I've talked about beer zombies on the show before, which is sort of a gypsy brewer that's got their base here in Vegas. They have some tap rooms at a place called Skinny Fat, which is a restaurant you can go to. And most of their beer is gloop or haze. Aha, but a lot. Uh, look at this. They've made a, uh, they made a West Coast IPA. 7.2% West Coast IPA called Zombie Duck Hunter. Uh, uh, and it's a nice, nice one. Equinot and Citra. Uh, delicious. Very straightforward. Good tasting beer. Do more of this and you, you and I can be in business, beer zombies. I'm, I'll, I support <laughs> this. We don't, we don't only have to go sugar stout and gloop all the times. I feel like you've been, um, putting in less and less or checking in less and less sugar stout and like gloop city stuff. And you've been, been here. Yeah. You wait till I go to this damn beer fest. So I'm going to be gloop, glooping it up. I feel like there's a handful of gloopers showing up at that thing. It, you know, PMAC brought up Mortalis. I think Mortalis is at that fest. So it might, might have to gloop, might have to get myself in the gloop game for those <laughs> couple of days there. Hey. Sometimes you just got to commit, you know, you do. It's like when I was going to, back when I was going to Eighth State in Greenville. You know, uh, that was Gloop City, and I, I I remember the first ones I had there. I was like, "Damn, this shit's good." And now I'm like, I almost killed myself drinking Gloop. I think so. It's cool. <laughs> All right, Tony. Uh, I say, you know, no one's gonna know, but I say we take a short break, and then we get into the hyper beer dork shit news. Let's take that break. Uh, some sad news to start out with, Tony, is that Armand, whose last name I will not be pronouncing today, uh, Armand of Dre Fontanen passed away. Now, Dre Fontanen, you know, we both love those beers. I only have one left in the house. I have some some framboos uh, in the house here. But... Um, Killer lambic. I mean, the best lambic in the world, probably. I would say at this point, people. I know everybody loves Cantillon, but I would, I would argue that from a pure consistency, and um, and just sort of diversity and flavors standpoint, that Dre is probably the and, and maybe the subtlety. You know, Cantillon tends to be so green, so acidic. These Dre ones are the best ones. Hi, have you ever had any, Tony? You ever even get there? Yeah, yeah, I have had a couple. I, okay. I think you're really splitting hairs between. Um, these beers, like they're, they're all fucking They're good. both killer. Yeah. Don't skip a Cantillon if you can get your hands on it. <laughs> and you know what? I know it's easier to find an Armand and Gaston or a, uh, or a Dre Eau de Goose. Um, but don't skip that either. Just get your hands on it because um, they are fucking killer. So, um, the, the, you know, he had been, I know he had been ill for a period. Uh, I don't believe he was directly involved in like the day-to-day brewing operations as much, you know, over the last year or two, but, um, 
Uh, I mean, obviously, very, very sad, unfortunate. You know, this is going to happen with these, uh, with some of our legends of the beer world. I know we all want to keep Jean Van Waugh around forever, too, but um, probably won't be able to. But uh, hey, you know what? Crack open your drays and drink them. You know, that would be my advice. Get yourself some, what's that? Uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the golden Guza, the anniversary Guz. That, that shit's crazy, but. Yeah, it goes under a name. I've forgotten. Or is it yeah, just anniversary goose? Yeah, I can't remember the damn name either. But all their stuff's great. Uh, every year of the of the goose I've ever had is about as good as it gets. And um, you know, I I love the uh, I love the fruited stuff they do. I think their their crick is about the best. I I love theirs. <laughs> so good, dude. It's and sometimes it gets tricky to find. And sometimes you know a case or two show up at your local shop, and you're like, hell yeah. Oh yeah, I'm buying the whole goddamn thing. Um, their cherries they used were always amazing. The Millennium Crick, I think, was theirs. That shit was crazy good. Um, it was a Millennium Guza. That's what it was. Yeah, that's the golden one. Yeah, um, it wasn't Millennium Crick, but anyways, whatever. And then the any of the like, uh, what was the red? The um, they had one that was like a blend of fram fram of framboos and. Uh, and Crick is both they had cherry and raspberry. That the homage, maybe I don't remember, but it was it was so fucking good, dude. I don't, don't think I've had that one. Not an expert in their stuff, obviously, but it was all wonderful, and I love drinking it. So hopefully, I can stumble. Uh, my my goal will be to show up at the Mickler beer celebration, show up at the Copenhagen airport, walk over to the airport bar, and order some uh, Dre right there because you can drink it in a goddamn airport, and who wouldn't love that? So. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Um, so, too bad, Tony. You got what? Do you guys get down there? Are you guys getting it down there? The Dre? Um, not a great deal. You have to seek out specialty beer stores, and they don't stock them every year. It's something right. that you'll see that pops up every three or four years, and you have to be right place, right time, kind of thing. And around events like. Good beer, beer fest and stuff like that. I've I've been able to get hold of bottles that way, not at regular stores. So sure. where they've had yeah. either either um, like not bottle shares, but they've they've had like yeah. you were talking about a case or two. A pub would get in a ta- case yep. or two, and you have a, a tasting night. That's that's where I've had access nope. to it. That's killer, though. That's so fun. I missed some of that stuff. We don't do that as much here as we yep. did in Chicago. We're, we're starting to get back into it, but it was it was a lot more of that back in the day. Um, all right, Tony. We also had this article. I don't have a ton of news this week, but I thought this would be a fun one for us to talk about. I had this article pop up today from the Mercury News. Now, where is the Mercury News based? One asks. Uh, I don't know. Um, it looks like from somewhere. Uh, is it like Phoenix. Uh, this is California. Oh. And uh, let's Sandy see, where Sutton's is the, the Mer- Mercury News? Where? Um, uh, San Jose, Tony. San Jose, yes. of course, no something. shit. It was in San Jose. Come on, dude. Um, so they tell you that uh, they, they want you to know that here in their West Coast craft beer news that the cold IPA may be the next big thing tony um so what do we got here the newest emerging style is the cold ipa it is similar to the india pale lagers that debuted a decade ago that's right 
You don't see those India pay, uh, those, sorry, those IPLs too often now. Some people believe its unpopularity was due to the beer's name, which confused beer drinkers. There were essentially two types of IPLs, IPAs brewed with yacht lager yeast and lagers that were dry hopped, i.e. hops aided, aided, hops added late in the brewing process. Both methods achieved roughly the same results, uh, uh, although the dry hop variety tended to produce a sweeter or fruitier taste profile as opposed to something spicier, partly because those brews often used certain pungent hop varieties. I disagree so, with their idea of, of the second idea of an IPL. I don't think that was true. That sounds like dry hop pilsner to me. Yeah. That that was never an IPL. An IPL yeah. to me was lager yeast and that right. were brewed as lagers and dry hopped as lagers the whole way through. Okay. So after this, he brings up, so I had this beer, Tony. The first brewery to take this idea but alter it just enough to create something new uh, was Wayfinder Beer in Portland. The beer is similar, but Wayfinder's brewers use adjuncts like rice and corn along with lager yeast, but ferment it at warmer temperatures like a traditional ale or IPA. At the end of the process, it is dry hopped. The result is a light-colored beer that's bright, clear, very crisp, and hoppy, but doesn't express the hops as overly bitter. Now, that one I don't understand, Tony. Well, it's the idea of taking a, a, a yeast strain out of its comfort zone and, and creating like a, a steam IPL because you can take the, like st- like our mountain goat steam ale is taking a ale yeast and, and brewing it at lager temperatures and um, the, what was the famous American steam beer? Anchor. Anchor. Anchor steam. That is a lager. But why yeast. would you call it cold IPA if you were going to ferment it warm? One wonders. Because it's a traditionally cold yeast strain and it gives you marketing cachet in the marketplace. Let's be clear. This is what it's all about. They are, they are better crafted IPLs from back in the day, but they are still IPLs. These are a beer that... Um, have taken some time to perfect, but it's not a new style. It's just a time a style that took a while to perfect with cleaning yeast, yeast profiles compared to traditional IPAs. That's really what mm-hmm. it's all about. Thinner bodies, hence the adjuncts, cleaning yeast profiles, more pure hop flavour. That's at least what I think of when I think of IPLs. Uh, uh, sorry, not IPLs, cold IPAs. Um, so, yeah, they say else is cold IPAs tend to exhibit fruit, floral, and vegetal characteristics you would normally associate with American hops. Um, I had this beer. It was delicious. I assumed it had been lagered was my mistake. because And, and now that I think about it, it probably doesn't make sense because there's a conditioning component to that that maybe you don't want to yeah. have to deal with with hops like this. So... It means so this would so you're presuming they use lager yeast and they ferment it like I'm, steam ale. I'm saying that based on what you were saying, yes, that's what they've done. But all I'm saying is you can you can do it a billion different ways. All you're right. trying to do is get to a very clean yeast profile and very thin body and balancing that against hops. 
And whatever way you go about doing that, you then give it the moniker of cold IPA. I mean, I'm down with this, Tony. I, I like these. I, I think these are really good. And I think they're sort of the they're sort of the extreme variation of West Coast IPA. It's sort of like, you know, into the ocean IPA. Um it's it's got all that same, you know, dry uh kind of pure hop flavor, but just taken to the mega ultimate extreme. Um if Feels like this is the thing that brewed IPA should have been, right? Yeah, yeah. We all wanted brewed I to IPA to be absolutely magnificent, but it was like too it, thin. It turned out to suck major ass, is what it did. Yeah, and it was too dry. The, I did have a couple of examples that weren't too dry, and I think that you would consider them a cold IPA now. But you're right; a lot of them really took it to an extreme where they were using champagne yeast or cider yeast or something else to completely dry them out and leave no, nobody behind. Um, so I think cold IPA is just like you wrap up IPL, brute IPA, whatever other super clean yeast profile yeah. you want to talk about, wrap them all up into we're, one, years of research, that's what you're getting with cold IPA. It's not a we're going style to, we're going to the extreme minutes. against New England. We're going we're going max. This is like running, you know. This is this is uh, New England is is sweet and thick, and these are drier than dry and um, and distinctly uh, pure hop taste. Yeah. Yep. And I I wouldn't call them opposed to a New England IPA, but the way they drink is sort of the opposite. I think they have a lot of the same hop components. They, they do they probably, don't yeah. Have, they tend to use those modern fruity hops. Yeah, yep. And so they share a lot of the same, like when you smell them, they, they share a lot in common. They're not the same smells, but boy, do they drink different. These things pour light, um, drink sure. drink light. The one, the one aspect you have to be careful about that I've found with them is that they get boozy fast. Oh, interesting. Okay. The if they're not crafted well, once you start pushing seven and a half, that's that's about okay. where they start tapping out. Six and a half is is perfect for sort of the cold IPAs in in my view. At least that's the sweet. Are you guys getting there. the cold IPAs? Are you guys oh, doing the cold deal. IPAs? And and they're not going under the cold IPA manner. There are a handful of breweries that do them from time to time, and it's when they. They get a great shipment of hops, which has been a struggle lately. With, oops, sorry. Oh, um, Tony. Yeah. With Tony's the, eating Indian food. <laughs> I am not. I would love to be eating Indian food. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I would love <laughs> mushroom yeah, bar. I would right too, now. actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sounds delicious. But what I, I I would say it's very dependent in Australia. The brewers that are doing it are doing it right, and they only do it if their hop shipment. Is correct True. and it's at the, its absolute peak. I, I was blown away by the fact that Wayfinder did theirs uh, less than five years ago, which means it's been around for almost five years. Wow. That was crazy to me. I did not know that. So I thought that was a whole new thing, but Wayfinder has been doing this for a minute. So those guys are great. I, you know, it's hard for me to, uh, you know, some of these weird styles and stuff or these weird mashup styles i'm skeptical of but wayfinder has a 
Dude, they've got the chops, man. They make they make on point lager and good stuff over there. So I uh, I have a hard time believing they're not they're not cranking out something good. And we had this and it was freaking tasty. So they might be onto something there. They they could well right. be. Cool can right, by the way, too. The, the original cold. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, they got good can art there. And that place is very nice. And they have good food too. All right, Tony. Uh, I've got kind of a weird game for you today. We are kicking you into the well. I've decided it's a well game, but this is what I'm calling <clears throat> untrapped real or fake, and uh, it's going to be an interesting game. So why don't we hit that untrapped theme, and then I'll try to explain it to you. And we're sending And to the people Perfect. of Ukraine. Yeah, we're sending our love to uh, all the people who are um, tolerating having to deal with war right now, including in Ukraine, for sure. And uh, Lord knows where else. God, what an awful place. What an awful planet we live on, huh? Like, if and you now you're stuck in a goddamn well. How, how highly would my well rate? I know it's not a prep. Prepper's bunker, but I think it's pretty well up there. I think it beats a metro train station, hands down. No, oh, for sure. No, yeah, yeah that was awful to, to look at, and um, obviously feel awful for all the all the people who've been, um, you know, had their houses fucking blown up and stuff. It's miserable, truly miserable. Um, people stuck in the middle of yeah, um, yeah. But back to my, you know, back to my well. Sweet bombshell. Yeah, you're right. well. You're well. Um, well, first of all, we have to ask a couple questions. One, okay. and this is maybe a little, uh, I was trying to be nice to all the people of Eastern Europe and especially in Ukraine because I was going to say something that makes fun of them. <laughs> but in lieu of that, who could possibly have more por- porno around and porno people around than Eastern Europe? That's <laughs> one question you got to ask. <laughs> Everyone, every Everything that you've ever looked at in porno that says college porn was obviously filmed in Eastern Europe almost every single time. Well, um, are we going to so have you know. supply chain so, issues there? Because yeah, you, you might. get out of Russia. <laughs> it's not just yeah, Eastern if you're Europe. For, if you're still hunting for new shit, uh, then you might have problems. I'm, I'm, still, I'm just riding with the old stuff these days, I think. But, uh, the classic things, I call them. So are you, Tony. You're in the goddamn well. So, uh, you know what? I would say we threw you some good stuff. We went yep. vintage with you. So I think you're living it up. What's your? I don't remember what your food situation is there. I think we. I know we put down a couple of them big cans of Hormel and maybe some yep. Dinty Moore beef stew. Uh, I think I tossed down some like just boxes of raw pasta. I yeah, remember. and you threw um, a few pierogies, so that's good. Ah, all right. Good you got some pierogi. Yeah, me too. Actually, um, we don't have it. You know what? We used to have a pierogi truck in Chicago that I that used to come around breweries, and I, I would love to get something like that here. It'd be great. Pierogies are Anyways, one of those underrated frozen snacks. They freeze surprisingly dude, well because it's just a dumpling. Bavarian Lodge, not when you were there, when you went, but they used to have the worst dish for you. It was the best tasting dish. It was horrible for your health. It was smoked pork and onion dumplings, and they just had this like kind of very pretty rich sauce on them and the four dumplings are huge 
and they were stuffed with smoked pork and and fucking onions and shit. They were so good. The dough like, was so nice, but it was death. I just like the mashed potato pierogi with a good yeah, that's dollop a great of sour one. Yeah. cream. Yep, yep, nope. That's how I like them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're those are delicious. You're getting me hungry. You know, I ate before we did this, but now I'm, now I'm thinking about food again. All right, Tony. So I, I've called this untrapped real or fake. Okay. Um, so you're gonna have you're gonna have some chances of different elements of this here, and um, I'm gonna say if you can get to uh, if you can get to if you can get to sixty six point six percent on this, then we're gonna give you a clearance on this. There's, let's say you're gonna have to go four for six. So we got three beers here. Okay. Um, essentially, I'm gonna make you guess if the style this style of beer exists. And then you're, uh, 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 well, actually this game doesn't work, does it? Because it clearly exists. Because So we're just going to go normal because the beer clearly exists because I made a beer. So I didn't read this out correctly. So we're just going to go with, uh, you're just going to have to say real, but it is real. So there's some, uh, essentially I made uh, some untrapped. Really, now that I think about it, I made this in the, in the heat of the moment while I was trying to uh, and <laughs> finish dinner and start the show. But um, it's just untrapped, actually, is what the game is. Just okay. kidding. Come familiar with it? Yeah, you, you know how that works? I, real, I, I realized that if I told you that there's a beard that's associated with it, you may, you may already know that the style exists. Anyway, so the first one... Of today's actual just untrapped normal. Uh, this is from a brewery called Resurgence Brewing. And it is a... Uh, so there's a theme to these, Tony. And that's why I thought it'd be funny to make you guess, but I couldn't come up with a way to do it. Is uh, um, This is a... Uh, this is an India Pale Hefeweizen. I think so that's all a these real beers, style. It, you, you got it. You nailed it. I don't think it's a real... St- Style, but it is a beer somebody made. Um, so all these beers are IP somethings. They are yep. IP freelies. They are all beers that uh, were made into IPA type beers. So this is an IPH. So this, this is an IPH India Pale Hefeweizen. There's no description, Tony. It only has 24 check-ins. Um, it's from Resurgence Brewing. I'm not familiar with them. It's 5.9 percent, 40 IBUs. What? And uh, yeah, and it's a Hefeweizen. Yeah, that's why the 40 IBUs are like, what the fuck? So we got some reviews here, Tony, if this helps. Travis M. says, okay, ellipsis, would drink again. Uh, oh, somebody drank at the Wellington Pub. Is that in New Zealand? Or is it in nope, Melbourne? In Buffalo, New York. <sighs> Um, here's a review. This is pretty good. Tons of banana mixed with citrus and mango from the NZ hops. Next batch will have more time. So this was a brewer checking it in by the sounds of it, or somebody close to the brewer. Um, can I get a year on the first check-in? A year on the first check-in. Don't know whether you go down that Ooh, far. You're looking at 2015, Tony, early 2015. Okay. So this is when, like, the Brute IPA 
craze was starting. This is when people were just throwing IPA. Their IPA something. Can I IPA it? Yeah. Can I IPA it? And yes, you can. Does it mean it's good? No. I'm going to say this is an awful beer. But Mm. the people checking it in may be biased towards it. I'm going to say it scores above a three. I'm not going to say it scores much above a three. And I think it really shouldn't be scoring above a three. I'm going to say this comes in at 3.39. Not quite, Tony. Damn it. You're off your game these last couple of weeks. This one is 3.77. Am I off my game? Or is it like, what do you honestly think? just based on the spec sheet and the fact that it hasn't gone into production, what do you think this beer honestly should rate? Mm. Based on all the information you know, that you gave me. <laughs> well, there's a couple problems, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy's review I read to you, you still got it wrong, but there's a, the guy review I read to you, this Travis M, who checked this in, uh, the picture that he's holding... He's holding a beer in his hands in the picture, and it says he was drinking an IPF from Resurgence, but in his hand he is holding a Polliner Hefeweizen. <laughs> so, uh, so is this real or is it not? Is this the ghost of Kiev? I don't yeah, this, know. I might have. I'm, my game might have been right. This might. Have been, this might not be real. Um, why did he check this in if he was drinking Polliner? <laughs> uh, we don't know, but uh, he rated. He only rated that a three point five. So he actually rated it under the average rating of the of the beer. So. <laughs> well, you you can't blame me for for rating it as low as I did. I I stand by my idea of where I think the rating should should come based right. on based on the information I had at hand. I stand by maybe it. You'll, My intel maybe was you'll correct, as George Bush would yeah. say. Maybe you'll maybe you'll have maybe you'll have more luck here. This one has more check-ins. So this one, Tony, is from Pilot Brewing. Pilot, I believe, is in the UK. And this is uh, called the IPK. This one might make you mad. Uh, this is, they are introducing their India Pale Kolsch. We <laughs> brewed it just for you. Similar to an IPA, there's the abundance of tropical dry hop character you'd expect, but cool fermented with a Kolsch yeast gives a drier, crisper finish. Dry hopped with bucket loads of Citra, Galaxy, and Mosaic Wood. You know, all your favorites are in there. Yeah, fuck off. Um, not, to, not to you, but to these five point one percent. You got seven hundred thirty-six check-ins, six hundred and two ratings. <sighs> this is going to score higher than the previous one, but not much higher because, like, they're fucking up a good thing. I'm they're they're from Edinburgh. This this brewery is from Edinburgh, Tony. So we've got Scots making a, a German style. Delightful. Let me give you a couple of ratings here. Uh, they can this beer. Um, here's Bobby D. Bobby D says ITK settling in for a FOMO free evening. Six Mar 22. Um, he rates it a three. Uh, 
Uh, here we go. Here's somebody who likes it. Richard W. says, tropical fruit, but very dry with a spicy hop finish. Edinburgh Beer Night, three and a half. Oh, um, but I would take into account the surliness of a Scottish crowd. Big dry too. hop kick. It's Kolsch on steroids for... Okay, that, don't don't want to give too many away. Only seven hundred chickens. Six hundred, six hundred chickens. Six hundred chickens. Okay, let me let me think about this because I've got a couple of factors. I think this is not a good style, but I think it's a better style than that Hefeweizen bullshit that you mm-hmm. pulled last time. <laughs> um, sure. Objectively, better style, but. I've got to weigh that against the surliness of the crowd because Scots don't rate beer like the Americans. So I'm going to say this comes in at actually a a decimal place under or a zero decimal place under where that last one came in. Um, 3.76 is where I'm going to rate this beer. I'm off again. So I mean, it's a 3.65. On. And I'm going to give it to you. Yes. You're going to have that one. You get that one. And that That's means I'm enough. out of the world. I, you got one out of them. Yeah. Because I'm gonna... saying it's a real style. It's a real beer. And the first <laughs> one was a real yeah. beer. <laughs> two. All, yeah, you're well, still only three. Yeah. You... I'm at 500 right now. <laughs> okay. You're going to have to. You're going to have to guess this one's real. Good luck. Um, all right. This one's called... Uh, this one is uh, from No Clue. No Clue Craft... What the fuck? No Clue Craft Brewery. Um, and this is uh, their second anniversary beer, Tony, from No Clue Craft Brewery. Famous brewery from... Uh, Rancho Cucamonga, California. That's not even a real place. And it's their their India Pale Saison. You would think this would make me mad, but this one kind of makes sense to me. Sure. It it doesn't not make sense. It's just a horrible name. Um, So this one has 107 check-ins, 83 ratings, it's eight point seven percent. Oh, danger signs! And danger, Will 80, I, 80 IBUs. Oh, again, danger. our second anniversary beer, funky saison flavors backed with a big hop punch. So this is sort of got. You know, this is from like twenty eighteen. I would say. Yep. Um, you've got. Uh, hmm, let's look at some reviews here. Hmm. They did package this beer. Not a lot of the the people of Rancho Cucamonga are not very loquacious, as it were. Very lemony, (laughs) grassy, not bad, 4.25. Here is somebody who did rate it one and a quarter. Sorry, Kim F. did not like this. Uh, Decent beer, but not my preference, too. Uh Uh-huh. And then this is a high ABV ale at 8.7%. It drinks more like a smooth high ABV Saison than an IPA until the end when the tasty bitter notes show up. Porfirio gives this a four and a half. So he liked it. 
Okay, don't give away too many ratings. I think I think I've got the gist of this. I just think their ratings are very funny. Here's Be- Beavis is on here. What about Butthead? No, just Beavis. Weird, wild, fun. Sorry, go ahead. What do you got? Uh, none of these beers score a four. I'm I'm back in that same ballpark. Uh, but I actually think mm-hmm. this is, this is better. I think this is um, this is edging towards a four. I know some give it one and a half stars, some give it two, but once you average it all out, I think this comes in at three point seven six on the. All right, that one you get. You got it. You got that one. Three point seven three. So Tony's out of the well. He, he, got, he only got he one wrong girl. answer. Yes, that they were all real. He nailed Five it. Five out of six. All there of them go. were real. I was right. Uh, it was an all-time <laughs> smart person's game. Uh, ge- a real genius put this together. You can't tell that I went on a. Me and my wife went on a walk and drank a beer while we, while I was supposed to be writing the game uh, <laughs> in the afternoon. So, what did you drink? Tough though? Break. Question. Good question. Little check pills from Craft House. We we uh we go over for a walk over at the Clark County Wetlands, which are very cool. And you can go look at like a duck and a turtle or whatever. And then um And that didn't rank you, uh, on your lager of the week? Check the check check pills. It it it's good. The the Craft House check please is really good. They pour it out of the side faucet, but I can tell that the lady has never used the goddamn thing at once in her life, so uh, that was maybe a downfall for it. <laughs> I love how you do kind of points for technique. I think you need to train people on the lucre faucets. I'm just saying. I, I like that more places are getting the lucers. That's cool. But pouring it like it's just like a tap, regular tap handle is really not what you're supposed to do with it. <laughs> but, um, you know, she fluffed it up pretty well. So I'll, I'll give her that. But it was... um. It was it was a good. It, they make a good pills. They make a good pills. It's it's five point two, so it's like a hair sweet for me. But I but I do like it. Fair enough. Sounds, that's it, and that's so, why I didn't write a better game than whatever that was. But you know what? <laughs> we had some laughs. We killed some time. It was perfect. Fair Tony, enough. Tony, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us on Untapped and stuff? Absolutely, they can find you on Untapped at Griff AD on mm-hmm. Untapped. Which, of course, that's, that's where right. you're going to find him. If you're looking for him on Untapped, I'm yeah, find me there, and that's where you, you can find me um, under that moniker. You can also find us on Instagram. We are at Beer Engine Pod. Uh, yep. You can also give us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. But what we really want is money because somebody's got to feed this beer habit. And a yep. few of our... Listeners have been very generous over the time right. of this show. So any tip is greatly appreciated. And you can get that. Well, you can give us that tip at ko-fi.com slash beer engine podcast. That's, That's right. kofi.com slash beer engine podcast. Every time I say Kofi, I think of the fellow. Do you watch any of the like um uh, secret base stuff with John Boyce and Kofi. Oh, they're pretty no. good. They do like, yeah, they're pretty good. Check them out. They're I pretty, think of Kofi and Nan, the former UN. Oh, sure. Leader. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember him too. Did you know that the lead, the UN general assembly leader is the president of the Maldives? 
Oh. Right now. I just realized that. I was like, that's such a small country. That's crazy, but that's cool. I mean, I would love to go to the Maldives. If anyone would like to donate to the show and send me to the Maldives, I think that'd be pretty cool, actually. I think we need to boost our um, Maldives listenership. I think uh, <laughs> we're gonna need we're gonna need more listeners from there. We are. We're gonna need we're gonna need some more listeners in the Maldives. They've um, uh, they don't drink. I I don't believe presidents of the Maldives can drink. I think it's a I think, believe it's a nation. Um, a, a dry a, nation. Theocracy. Yeah. Well, I think you can drink there if you're a tourist, but I That's... I believe there is some kind of the- theocratic situation involved where you can't drink. That is some bullshit. Yeah, they aren't drinking a lot of cold IPA down there. All right, guys, it was, uh, another another great episode in the in the books or something. Will uh, will be will will we will will we'll be we'll be back next week for more of whatever this is. All right, later on, gang. I've I've come up with the national drink of the Maldives. Oh. All right, what is it? Cold Hefeweizen. Cold. <laughs> IPA, Hefeweizen. Oh, perfect. We nailed it.